It's New Amsterdam Radio. How is everyone doing? It's Flobo Boys, the mayor, as I like to call myself. This is a podcast for creatives, New Amsterdam and NewAmsterdam.com, where we get to sit and chat with people who are doing the thing, whatever that thing may be. And I have been so lucky and, and so honored during this 2020 period. I know it hasn't been the best year for most people, but I really got a chance to really sit with folks from all different walks of life who are just, we're all bound together by the same pursuit of the creative, of the arts. Uh, and I think that's what really makes New Amsterdam thrive. Uh, I have an interview with Alyssa Phillips in just a moment, but I just want to say, if you are liking what I'm putting down uh, weekly, please support the show. I mean, you can do that a number of ways. You can buy a new Amsterdam t-shirt over at Flobito. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O at Flobito.threadless.com. Flobito.threadless.com is the t-shirt shop. You know, throw a little uh, bit of support that way. Or if you want to have access to the unabridged and uncut interviews uh, with everyone I sit down with here on New Amsterdam Radio, hit up the Patreon, join the boisterous crew at patreon.com slash voice that you get to see uh, not only the uncut interviews, but I am doing this feature now where I give you the show notes and I can show you how I plan an episode and how it actually translates to the page, to the audio podcast platform of your choice. I'm not sure what the right nomenclature is. This week, I'm sitting with Alyssa Phillips and she is someone that does a lot. She's an actress, she's a comedy writer. Uh, she also gets to uh, show us a little bit more on the creative directing side with her role at the Pack Theater. A fantastic time. I learned so much uh, hanging with Alyssa and I hope you do too. So without further ado, let's get on with it. This is New Amsterdam Radio and in just a second we'll be having our talk with Alyssa Phillips. Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creative. It is I, the mayor, and we're now in the mayor's office. I'm being joined by someone with so many slashes. Perfect for October. I mean, we're talking about actors, talking about comedian, game show host, and all around nice person, Miss Alyssa Phillips. How are you doing? Hi, I am so glad you added the all around nice person. That makes me feel good. Because <laughs> you are. You do so much. And uh, there's a question I asked, it's kind of like my stock question, but I love asking it when you have to describe what you do at parties, right? Because you know, you're in loud music, everyone's eating snacks, waiting for the main course. You got to be concise with it. You want to get everything in there, you know? Like, how do you describe what you do to someone else who may not be initiated to the world of Alyssa? I know, that's a good question. Um, I guess, I, I guess, um, like my short elevator pitch is like, I'm an actor and a comedy writer and the artistic director of a comedy theater. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Just stop. Pause. So I understand acting and writing, right? There's the, the, like Hemingway says, you, you sit down the typewriter and bleed, right? Uh, but how, <laughs> do, how does that work with also being a suit? If I, if I could be so bold, how does that we work? Don't with also being a what? A suit, like being someone on a managerial side of things to, to, to foster a business, the commerce side of an art. Like how do you go from one world to the other? Um. Well, with regard, you mean with regards to being the artistic director? Yeah. Yeah, so I had been performing and studying at the Pack Theater before it was called the Pack Theater, back when it was still called Miles Stroth Workshop, because Miles Stroth is the owner. He's an, an amazing improviser, originally from Chicago. And the theater was really, really small, but like starting to get big, but no one was really 
running it. Miles is an amazing human being, but um, uh, uh, managerially, I feel like the theater was like lacking. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like who I am. I don't know. I just like come in. I uh, I literally they the theater had like an all theater meeting to sort of discuss how the theater was going to move into the future. And I sat there and I was like, no one's taking notes. Like no one's writing anything down. Like someone should like take notes. So I opened up my laptop and I started typing. And one of the original founders came up to me and she was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Excuse you, I'm Alyssa, who the fuck are you? Yeah. She was like, she was like are you, did you take notes? And I was like, yeah, I thought maybe you'd want them. I don't know. Right, like, you're welcome. Yeah, right, you're welcome. And after that, literally the rest is history. I just started basically running it on my own, um, being like, oh, we should do, like, I just see things. I don't know. Um, I just see things and like, I see where people are and I see where people shine. And I like to like, in the best of ways, exploit that. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I like to help. And I like to help make people feel good. And I was like, oh, there's such an opportunity here for this theater to be the next big thing because right. there's so much interesting stuff going on. Let's do it. And then really the rest is history. I just keep going and going. Any particular projects you're on in, uh, in your role there at the PAC Theater that you're especially proud of? Like something that you brought to the forefront or the promotion side or? Oh man, I don't so know. So many, so many wins, Lobo. Why'd you ask me that question? Right? No. Um, we do an event every year called PacCon, which is like the Pac oh. Theater version of Comic Con. Okay. And it's to celebrate the theater going, having shows seven nights a week. And it's sort of a big deal. And it's where we combine like the best of, of our shows with our celebrity friends. So, like, we invite our celebrity friends to play, whether it's improv or sketch or stand up or whatever it is. And, uh, we, we always lose money on the event because uh, the PAC is not a theater that that uh, thrives on making money. That's not why we do what we do. We, we do we do comedy for the sake of doing comedy, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to be able, if you want to see a comedy show, we want you to be able to see it, not worry about ticket price. If you want to take a comedy class, we want you to be able to take that class and not have to worry about financial stuff. So. For PacCon every year, we always lose money because we spend a lot of money on like food and booze and marketing and all this stuff. And two PacCons ago, I want to say, uh, the event was over and Miles and I had like a post-mortem talk about it. And he's like, we made money. And I was like, wow. Wait, I was like, say that one more time. He was like, good job. We made money. And I was like, what? And it was such a big deal for me because... It was the first time I had us do certain shows as like premium shows. So we started ticket prices and it was just, it's a whole, it takes a, that event I love, but it takes a piece of my soul. Right. And the fact that I was able to do something that brought our theater that doesn't make money, a little bit of money felt really good. Oh, you know what? The freaking packathon. Okay. COVID happened and obviously we had to shut down. We didn't know if we were going to be able to afford to come back. You know, we still don't know when we're going to be able to go back into our live theater space, but we didn't know if we were going to have the money to come back. We already pay what you can theater. We run on donations. Sure. So I put together a telethon. I put together a all night, 12 hour telethon that I called the Packathon. 
and we raised over $10,000. And that meant so much to me because um, that money secures us rent for when we are ready to go back. Well, congratulations and forgive the pun because I hate puns, but there's a lot to unpack there. So you had an idea and a problem and solution and you decided to do a telethon. But like, how did that look like in the era of COVID? Everyone's so decentralized. It, it wasn't like, when I was a kid, it was Jerry Lewis. And on Channel 9 on Labor Day weekend, there was a telethon. How did you corral so many people watching so many different screens to help out in that 12-hour period? Bourbon. Lots of oh, bourbon. okay. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Um, You're a bourbon drinker? Awesome. <laughs> time and a place for all of it, boo. You know, time and a place. <laughs> I don't discriminate. Um, uh, my very good friend and tech director at the theater, Dave Chacho, is a, is a tech dream. And we basically broke down, I broke down the uh, telethon by hour. And I, it was basically one big Zoom. So everybody knew what hour they were gonna be performing in. Every hour had a different host, a different celebrity guest interview, and a different, whatever the act highlighted act was of that hour. Yeah. And everyone knew that what their hour time slot was and that they should be in the Zoom waiting room like 15 minutes before. And Dave Chacho is a dream and configured it so basically, yeah, it was one big Zoom, um, and we just put people in and put people out every hour. Like, yeah, it was insane. It was insane. It was insane. It was crazy. <laughs> and you were up the entire time running it. Yeah. I only came on at the very end. I don't – I love – obviously, I'm a performer first and foremost, but um, when it's something I'm producing, I try not to put myself in it because I don't – it's about making other people shine. So I came on at the very end. I was also sitting on my phone the entire time. Like every time we got a Venmo with a donation, I would have to like count what we were up to and then text the host and be like, "This now now say this is how much money we have. Now say this. And if they weren't looking at their phone because they're an idiot, I would text them and be like, tell them this. <laughs> yeah, that's like a digital nudge. Hey, we do it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we talk about work ethic, and, and I'm totally going to tell a story. And it may be embarrassing and maybe not. But the, the first time I met Alyssa, we were at this giant uh, watch party. A lot of our wrestling hosts at our former network called Afterbuzz you know, had a Saturday afternoon. Let's watch some. And Steve Coffin runs it. And I'll have Steve Coffin on the show one time in the future because he's a genius on three different levels. I love uh, but the show we were actually watching was almost secondary because we're all just talking and shooting the breeze. Uh, yeah. But Melissa was there and having a workout session, lifting weights <laughs> while it was happening. I was like, am I like, am I missing out? Do I need to get my own yoga mat? Because this is weird. <laughs> not weird, but it was so cool that you said, look, I'm working out. I'm going to do my thing on Saturday, whether or not I'm watching wrestling with you guys. Uh, I just, I, your work ethic's rare. I can't lie. I can't lie. <laughs> I had to get the workout in. I only have... My time is so precious to me, and I had to get that workout in. And I had asked him before. I was like, is it cool if while we're watching I can work out? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I showed up like, man, I just feel fatter now. I didn't I didn't do anything. I just felt fatter. <laughs> I had to get my workout in. So let's talk about the scheduling you're doing. Uh, I, I, I stalk you online. I see the stuff, the posting or whatever. There's, there's well, there's about two things. Matzo Mondays, because that looks legit. Mozza, Osteria Mozza. That's my restaurant. Um, that's the restaurant I work at. So yeah, myself and um, another former uh, employee that I used to wait tables with, Jen, who also does comedy. 
we decided during the pandemic uh, to put together a comedy show that's sort of like a gift to our staff and to our regulars that we've been waiting on for a very, very long time. Um, so we do moats at mealtime. So it's just a little, it's like a fun, no pressure comedy show where we bring on a different person associated with the restaurant and we just sort of like connect with other employees and our guests. Yeah. Why did you decide to do that? Not in a bad way. I'm just like, what did you, what did you go, you know, this audience needs something like that morale wise. Because when we started it, it was uh, in the very early stages of the pandemic before really anyone knew that we'd be so far into it as we are now. And everyone I think was really struggling then. And People were struggling to, to to understand what was going on. People were were struggling to connect. This is when people were first learning how to Zoom, um, and everyone's um, like energies and like vibes were so low. Everyone was so sad, and rightly so. Yeah. And um, Jen and I really wanted. Jen and I had always talked about doing a comedy show together, and we had like brainstormed all these ideas of what we should do and like, you know, and we love each other so much. And then we realized that our strength is in like, you know, um, she's so nice and sweet and I'm not. And you're, you're nice. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a little more harsh and, uh, sure. and abrasive and, and Jen is so bubbly and nice. So we, you know, we were thinking about that, and then we were like, "Why don't we just play into like what, like what the world is feeling right now?" Which is just like, we didn't want to come up with some some kind of a comedy show that that was like just a comedy show for the sake of a comedy show. We wanted something that had like meaning and that made sense. Yeah. And and for us, that was like, let's connect with our staff because the Moza family is a very big family. We work for Chef Nancy Silverton. She's a James Beard award-winning Michelin-starred chef. Whoa. Yeah, she's a big, she's the first woman to win the James Beard Award for Best Pastry Chef. Nancy is a staple in, in the food and hospitality world. And she's a Mecca, she's amazing. Yeah. And the amount of people who have come through working for Osteria Moza, Pizzeria Moza, Kispaka is, is massive. Um, let alone the people that worked for her at her, you know, she is La Brea Bakery. Um, that was Nancy. And um, so we knew we would have an audience built in of just people who wanted to connect who maybe haven't seen or talked to each other in a really long time. And, you know, and, and our guests that are stuck at home with their kids and their significant others that they don't really want to be stuck at home with. <laughs> So why can't, not can't relate, but I understand. Right? I know me neither, but that's what they say. Right. Um, so yeah, so why not give them a, a half hour release, a half hour break, a, a way yeah. for people to smile and laugh for half an hour. How did the pandemic affect you as a performer? Obviously you can't go outside as much, but uh, there are some days where it may be a little bit difficult, at least from my end, to, 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 to persevere. Uh, to create, we realize that you are non-essential. Um, how did that news, how did it affect you? And your I have practice? to be honest, it didn't affect me the way I, in, in, in a, in a hugely negative way, because when I, when I see a problem or an obstacle, I just immediately find a way. Yeah. So yeah. like, I wasn't, 
knock on wood, but like I didn't sit at home and like lament or yeah, right. I didn't sit at home or like get woe is me or get sad. I always say that like, I'm so grateful that like, I, I don't suffer from like, so many comedians suffer from depression. That's why they do comedy. And like, I have knock on wood never, um, so I've, I've never really gone through that. I don't, um, I think it's a good attribute of mine and a bad attribute of mine that I don't really let myself get sad. Sure. It's an um, attribute. It can be interpreted in many different ways. Yeah. But I immediately went into problem solving mode because it, also I have over a thousand regularly performing people at the Pack Theater who are very sad and who were struggling. And I was like, oh, mama's got to take care of them. So let's figure it out and immediately brought our entire theater to Twitch. So now we have live streaming comedy seven nights a week on our Twitch channel. Oh yeah, and then I'm sure you can subscribe on that channel uh, and give bits if needed. Totally. Yeah, man, that's how you keep on giving. I guess yeah. problem solving is actually the name of the game if you're creative and that's that's also cool too. Something also discovered on your plate of projects, you are hosting an online game show. Oh that's yeah. Cool. Oh, um, uh, I'm so grateful for it. I'm so excited. I'm one of the um, rotating hosts on Game Show Ready, which is a live, it's an Instagram live game show. Um, the show is every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I do it on Tuesdays um, when I do do it. Um, but it's so much fun. It's like a word trivia game where you can play to win $1,000. And I love it. It's so much fun hosting. Also, I have a running deal going with the... Yes, the tell me about this. <laughs> well, I have a minor obsession with all natural chunky peanut butter. Minor. Major obsession. <laughs> really hashtag why I'm still single because I put all of my energy into this. Because I don't enjoy okay. Because when the pandemic happened, everyone's buying groceries like crazy, right? Remember the very very beginning, people stocking up on toilet paper. Yeah. Hoarding whatever, chicken cutlets, who knows? Um I made that uh, I'm sure there were people hoarding chicken cutlets. There were there were limits for a reason. Yeah, they gotta get two at a time. <laughs> I tried to hold his cutlets. The, the problem I was having was with peanut butter because I'm assuming because um, all the kids were now home with their parents that parents were stocking up on peanut butter to make peanut butter and jelly. This is what I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, parents weren't thinking about me, which is. <laughs> Their first mistake. Yes. Mistake <laughs> like number one. Um, I love peanut butter, but I love all natural chunky peanut butter. I can't do peanut butter that has cane sugar added to it, molasses, honey. I don't understand yeah. at all. And it became a real problem trying to find peanut butter. What, what like were you on crackers and by the spoonful on sandwiches? Like I what? Eat, I eat it out of the jar. Okay. OG. I love it. Straight out of the jar. My peanut butter is neat. That's what she. <laughs> <laughs> I like my peanut butter like I like my scotch. Neat. Oh, me too. <laughs> there you go. Um, I do. Scotch. Neat. Always. Or Always. rocks on the side. Because I want to control how much water goes into my scotch. Yeah. I'm a stone person, but yes. I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, so yeah. So I have a running <laughs> I have a running thing with the showrunner of Game Show Ready that if someone wins the $1,000 prize while I'm hosting and they follow me that they will give me $100 worth of all natural chunky peanut butter. Is it a, a brand loyalty thing? Does it matter the brand or? No, as long as 
the only ingredients are peanuts and salt, I'm in. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, you did mention your time in Philly, and since you're, you're an alum of the British American Drama Academy, so you actually have a bit of a mix of the formal education and doing things DIY because you're just that forward, that have that work ethic. Did you have a preference for someone who may be thinking about their own creative pursuit, whether I want to be a painter or a music producer? Is it behoove them to try things on their own and fail or to get that formal education, that classical training education? I think both. I think... I went to school for theater and then I studied classical theater in England at the British American Drama Academy. Um, there's definitely something to be said for learning methods. I think one of my favorite things about, I, I studied, I got my BFA in theater from the University of the Arts and I specifically chose that school because it wasn't one method of acting. It wasn't just Meisner, it wasn't just Stanislavski. You, you got a lot of different methods and I, I wanted that and I appreciated that because it helped me sort of make my own method. Like what works for Alyssa? What's Alyssa's method of acting? And I think in order for you, can I curse? You already done it, it's cool. Oops, you <laughs> do it. As hey. I like, you already did. Um, bleep it out. Um, so, yeah, too lazy. Um, but I, my point is I think in order to, in order to fuck with your formula, in order to screw with comedy, in order to take chances in your art, you need that structure first. You can't screw with the formula if you don't know what the formula is. Fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like getting that basis, learning all the different methods, learning the history of it, only you don't have to by any stretch of the imagination, but I I think it's another tool in your belt. I I once took an acting class, a scene study class, uh, out here in L.A. I have nothing but great things to say about the Scott Studita Acting Studio and the comedy program that they run. And I was in a class and I was doing a scene with my good friend Pedro, and we were outside working the scene. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so who's on first? And he was like, This is what? And I was like, you know, who's on first? And he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, you know, Abbott and What's Costa. on second? What's on second? Yeah. <laughs> and he went, who? And I went, pause. And I went back inside and I went to Scott and I was like, I refuse to do a scene in a comedy class with someone who doesn't know who Abbott and Costello are. Interesting. And I was so <laughs> yeah. angry because I was like, how do you say you're in comedy and not know who Abbott and Costello are which by the way, is not the right attitude to have. And like, and like Pedro was hysterical. And later that night, I remember putting the Who's On First, a video on his Facebook and he was like, oh my God, thank you. But also not the right attitude to have, Alyssa. But I do think there's something to be said for knowing the history of where your art comes from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it only adds, again, another tool in my tool belt that I know Who's On First that I know Vitamita Vegemin on the Lucy show. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that your money I, or your life by Jack Benny, right? Right. Like, I think you should know where your art comes from because that helps you know where to go, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. L uh, basically, learn the rules before you can break them. I yeah. get that. Uh, See? You're more concise. I should have said that from the beginning and then we could have moved on to something else. No, I just love the way you break it down. So here is a question for my bag of cliche questions. 
then who would you say is your one of your comedy influences then? So many. Um, uh, Gilda Radner. Oh, wow. Um, wow. For sure. There is a sense of freedom in every character she plays on SNL that is not something that can be taught. Mm. She's got such a sense of freedom and being in the moment and enjoying everything she does and not getting bogged down by the work behind it mm -hmm. um, that I think is really admirable and Lucille Ball. So you just, so in Gilda's case, Randers case is basically taking the environment around her, using that to like flush out a character and popping off the stage, I guess, am I? That yeah, you know, it's like, I mean, SNL is a weird beast in and of itself. True, absolutely true. But even though she, because she would speak about it, even though she would get really nervous before she would go on stage, um, of course, she she would talk about how like once she's in it, there's just she's just in it and she just goes for it and she just has fun to the point where there's a character she does, um, Judy Miller, and like she plays a little girl. And she would literally like throw herself up against the door and the wall. Like she's got such a sense of of freedom, of like no no inhibitions, like yeah. just going for it. There was a sketch she did um, with Jane, and I can't think of the name of the sketch, but um, it wasn't working. And she talks about it, like the audience was not laughing, they were not responding, and she was like, "Well, we're out here, and like we're failing. It's a live show. I have to do something." And she just started like literally throwing herself. I think it, it wasn't Jane. Maybe it was Lorraine. Um, she literally started throwing herself on the other actor yeah. and, to do anything. And like that sense of like being so in the moment and in touch and instead of like freaking out, like it's like, all right, what do I do next? What do I do next? It's problem solving. Uh, before we get out of here though, can you tell the world what you're working on, where they can find you online, where they can stalk you, where they can send you money via Venmo, uh, uh, the back door. Uh, things. Yeah, um, things. I feel like Instagram is probably best because I'm on there fairly frequently and I post a lot like in my Instagram stories of what I'm working on. So it's at Alyssa MP, E-L-Y-S-S-A-M-P. Um, and I'm on Twitter and all that. I mean, I'm, I'm all over the socials. It's all Alyssa MP, but you can usually find what I'm, what I'm doing there. I'm having a lot of fun hosting game show ready right now. So that's great. Um, working on a lot of like individual solo things, just, you know, both booking some things and just doing it. Awesome. And the pack theater, if I wanted to watch and donate to them. Yeah. So, uh, again, we have comedy live seven nights a week on our Twitch. So it's twitch.tv slash pack theater. Pack theater on Instagram, um, on all the socials. Reach out, uh, say hi, because I run the social media. So um, yeah, so yeah. One quick question before we get out of here. 2021 is on the horizon. If there's one thing that you want to get done, a goal, a mission for the planet, a moment of peace, an axiom, a mantra, there's have? so many things. How do I choose one? <laughs> or you can choose so many you want. It's cool. Right? Yeah. Um, oh, my God. That's a really hard question. Um, I will say I do think I'm trying to – I'm really bad at working on Alyssa because I do um, – because I enjoy 
helping other people and, and doing things that serve other people. So I am really trying to make 2021 the year of Alyssa because I think mm. something I realized, I've been doing a lot of social activism lately and it's been great. And I again, I love helping other people, but I think something I realized that is that if I help Alyssa, then I can help even more people, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup, sure. Yeah, so I'm working on filling up Alyssa's cup. Um, yeah, and 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 embracing that and not seeing that as a as a selfish thing, but it's actually a really selfless thing because again, the more I fill my own cup, the more I have to give others. True. And if you want to touch upon it briefly, the activism you're working on, is there any way anyone can help you support that or is it just kind yeah, of like wait and see? Um, I do a couple of things. I do um, comedian support black owned restaurants and I get a photographer volunteer to come out and take photos of the food from these small black owned restaurants that don't have a very large social media presence. So we can give them photos so they can start working on their social media presence. And then also by bringing in the comedy people to come out, they come out, they support it. So they're buying stuff, but also it's great because they all kind of get to see each other. So it like raises their spirits a little bit. And then, um, and then we get photos of them eating the food. So the business gets like free photos of people eating and enjoying their food. Yeah. And then I do sometimes, I also do comedians on zoom writing letters, which is, it varies on, what we do, I've done comedians on Zoom writing letters demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. I did one for Elijah McClain. So just, yeah, follow me on the socials and, and you'll see what I'm working on. Um, there's always something to work on. And if I can, if we can do stuff that helps the world, but also helps each other in at the same time, I think that's like a win-win, so. Yes, welcome back. And uh, if you haven't already, please follow Alyssa Phillips on all of her social media channels. You'll be hearing a lot from her in the future. I guarantee it. But I want to know what you're working on. If you listen to this podcast wherever on the planet Earth and you want to just say what's up or I have a project that I want to discuss or maybe just share notes with a fellow creative like yours truly, uh, you can always hit me up on Instagram at New Amsterdam Radio and on Twitter at New, that's K-N-E-W underscore Amsterdam because this is what it's all about. Sharing ideas with the creative community. That's how we grow iron sharpens iron and all of that. That does it for me this week here on the show. Uh, once again, you can follow me personally uh, on the social media channels as well at Flobo Voice on Twitter at Flobito on Instagram. Be back next week with more discussion, more creative action, and more for the city of creatives. Until next time, as always, this city is yours. Hey there, citizens, Flobo here. You know, besides being a DJ or 
MC and all around nice guy. I am a stand-up comedian first and foremost. In fact, my album, American for Now, is available wherever you get your music. We're talking Apple Music, we're talking iTunes, we're talking Spotify. American for Now is just a crazy take about one person's first-generation experience being in this country when it comes to taking your mom out to Memphis or serving jury duty and much, much more. The album was called American for Now, and it's by me, Slow Boys. Comedy unfiltered.